So we're going to talk today about God is able to do it. Are you ready? He is able to do it. Amen. Well, Father, we praise and thank you for your word. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And we thank you, Father, for your word, Lord God, that blesses us, heals us, sanctifies us, redeems us, blesses us in every way. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Why don't you turn to Ephesians 3, of course, verse 20. Because we serve an Ephesians 3.20 God. That's what he is. Everything he does, he does it uh, super, super, y'all waiting to hear what I'm going to (laughs) say. He does everything super abundantly. Amen. Everything he does, he does, he does it big time. Amen. Because he's a big time God. He's a big God. So Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to read it out of the uh, Amplified. It says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask or think. Now just think, it's more than what you can ask for, more than what you can think in your mind. In other words, you can't imagine the goodness of God You cannot imagine the abilities of God. You just can't imagine what God has in store for those who love him. He loves us all, and he has only good things for us. His plan and his purpose is good for us. It's the answer that we're we're looking for. See, we pray for certain things. We pray for a mate. We pray for, you know, whatever it is. But God has everything perfectly designed for us. He knows what we need. So when you pray for things, think about this. You're praying his will because he puts the desires, those desires in your heart. So you have to really, really come up with a doozy to be too hard for God. (laughs) Well, maybe some people may be able to, you know, phantom. But really, you cannot outthink God, outpray God, outwish God, outhope God. God can do anything. He does super abundant. He does over and beyond what you could ever dream of. And if you really get a hold of that, you can chew on that all day. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Amplified says, um, His purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask, all that you dare to ask, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, according to his power that is at work in us. And that's the most important thing I'm going to say to you today, that this work or this power is in you. It's in you already because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, this is where that power is coming from. Okay, so God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ever ask or think according to the power. So that power in us is Christ. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. That's all I need to say. I'm serious. That's all I need to say. Because the power is in you. Well, I don't have that power because my faith is weak. Uh Uh-uh. 
The hope of glory is in you. The hope of glory is in you. And from that power that's in you, this is what God uses to bring the impossible toward you. Amen. Hope I don't ask me to say that again. Amen. So it it's this power in you is infinite, just like God. And he blesses us beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, according to his power that works in us. So his power works in us. And this is how things come to pass. So don't ever sit up and listen to that devil that tell you you don't have the faith to bring it to pass. Because the hope is in you. And see, that hope that's in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, God draws from that. You draw from that with your faith. Your faith pulls from that hope. And this is what turns things around. This is what causes things to happen. The reason we don't see a lot more miracles is because we don't know, because we let the devil browbeat us. We don't know that that power is working in, inside of us in such a, what, what kind of manner, in such a powerful manner, because it does. Amen. But, you know, we let the devil talk us out of who we are. And this is really who we are. Amen. The power that works within us. That's how things get done. That's what your faith draw. Your faith draw from the power that's inside of you. And that power is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, the message translation I'm going to read it. It says, God can do anything for more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing you around, <laughs> but by but by within us, his spirit deeply and gently is within us. Huh, I, I might have copied that wrong. Um, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I think I I didn't do that one right. Can somebody do it? Is that what's that one from? The message. Okay. Let me borrow that. It says God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around. But by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. All right. Okay, I did get that. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in in the Messiah. In Jesus, glory down. (laughs) All the generations. Glory down. (laughs) Glory, Glory through all millennia. Oh, yes. They put the oh, yes. Whoever does that, I want to meet her. I know it's a her. But anyway, you know, these different translations are trying to put emphasis on the magnitude of God's power working in us. Everybody that's born again has this power. And I want to encourage everybody today, everybody. That you have the power to turn a a city around, a a nation around. You and your Bible 
and sitting in front of your TV or whatever. No, but turn it off. I didn't mean to say TV. But you in your bedroom with your Bible and praying. Amen. And occasionally or weekly praying with your prayer partner. You are a dangerous person. I'm telling you, if the devil only knew, he doesn't understand the magnitude of the power that's inside of us. This power broke open the, the grave and knows the rap. What do they call that? The, sh- the shrine, the, the shroud. Thank you. I had, I was close. But it broke the, the shroud. The, did I say that right? Yeah, the shroud, the shroud of Terran. And it, 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 when he came out of that grave, that was all power. That power is in you. If we would only believe it. If we would only believe it. Amen. We don't need a whole lot of people praying for us and doing a whole lot. I'm not saying don't ask for prayer. When you need prayer, you know, where two or three agree, that's where God's in the midst of you. But you know what I'm saying. You hold the key to your future and everybody else's. I'm telling you. If we only would understand how powerful the power in us is. It's very powerful. You can get anything you want. You know what it takes? Sticking with it. Number one, knowing this. Knowing who you are. Because I'm just going to tell you, it was many, many, many years before I realized who I was in Christ. Many years. I'm I'm saying like 20. Before I knew, really, really knew the power that was within me. Amen. And that that's why the Bible says I can do all things through Christ. Why would the Bible tell you you can do all things if you can't? The, the God's not a man that he would lie. You can do all things. If it's something going on on your street you don't like, you can change it. Amen. I'm telling you. get You can get all the dope addicts and the drug addicts and just make them go away. Now, it takes a lot of uh, consistent prayer. And you have to treat it like a project. But I'm telling you, you can do this. You can do all things. And this same dudamous power you carry around with you every day, amen, most people abuse it because they don't know it's there or they use this power for other things, amen, hallelujah. So God is able to do it. There's nothing he cannot do for you. There's nothing he won't do for you, amen, but you got to know who you are. Above all that, we can ever ask or think, above. According to the power. It's always according to the power that works in you. Whenever you ask God for something, you have to remember that the power is working in you. And that power comes from you. And you put it and see, you act it out in your faith. When, when uh, the Copelands tell people, take that healing, you take it. You're taking it, uh, in a, let's see, according to who you are in him. The power that's in you, you know that you can just reach up almost and like grab that healing and take it. But see, what we do is we wait for symptoms to leave. It don't work like that. I wish it did. It just don't work like that. I'm healed. I don't care if I'm wrapped up like a mummy. Y'all call me healed. Please call me healed. Amen. Honey, you are healed. 
uh, God's been trying to show this to us so many years ago. Remember that? I used to tell the story of that lady that had that lump. And she kept saying, she was going around telling people God healed me. And they was laughing at her. Well, if you were healed, why you still got that? And she said, well, God, take it away because these people don't believe me. That woman knew that she knew that she knew that she was healed. And she wouldn't let anybody tell her anything different. See, she considered not. She didn't consider what she saw here. She didn't consider that. That's how we have to be. We have to be that convinced that your husband was going to walk through that door. That's the kind, because that, because you have Deuteronomy's power in you. And when you are sure of, of what God has promised you, because all the promises of God are already approved by him. Yes and amen. They are approved. God's approved everything already. If it's in the word, he's approved it. So all you have to do is allow that power that's within you uh, uh, cause your faith to react and draw those things to you. You're the one. You're the catalyst for everything that God does. Amen. Now, sometimes God does just um, um, just do things. Sometimes it depends on what it is. And because there's a scripture in Isaiah, um, I think it's 48.3 or um, Psalm 30, verse 2. It's one of those scriptures where he just said, "You." it, it says, I cried out to you. I think it's in Psalm 30, verse 2. I cried out to you and you healed me. See, there's a lot of different ways to be healed. So it just depends on what the situation is. Amen. So there, there are different ways and different situations. I think Isaiah 48, 3 talks about, um, I spoke it to you not back a, a while back, but I spoke it to you recently because I caused you to have ears to hear. And then I suddenly did it. So God will suddenly do things just because he says because of himself. He, he don't want to deny himself and he doesn't want us to say that we did anything see so you have to really however you get a miracle you still have to know who you are in Christ and that's the most important thing if I were you I would read these scriptures sometime I know they've been encouraging me uh, you know because there's so uh, thank God it's more than one way to get a healing (laughs) thank God it's more than one way to get a car and get a house. Well, let me keep going because we're going to talk about getting a car and getting a house. Amen. Amen. So God, listen, this is the thing that God impressed upon me. He is not asking you to do it. He's just asking you to believe by the power that's in you. The power that's in you. He's asking you to put that to work and believe for whatever it is that you want. Amen. This is not magic, but this is... um you know, this is asking and believing for it. It's like this. I want to use you as an example, Sheree. But we don't have to tell them what your score was. Your what's that score? Whatever it is. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna tell them. But it wasn't all that great. I don't remember. Four thirty-four. Now everybody went to sleep. Lift up y'all head. Come back. See, that's why I wasn't going to tell y'all. 
That was her business. But God told her to go look for a car. And she went with that score. Now, he didn't tell her to have a perfect score because anybody can walk in there and you don't need God if you got a perfect score. But it was bad. And she went anyway and used her faith, that power that's within her. And she believed and she came back with a car. Now, see, God didn't ask her to do it. You didn't do anything. He just asked her to believe. So when we ask God for things, when we want things, we get, we start thinking in our heads, we got to do this. I, I do it too. And then, but thank God I, I can straighten myself out now. And she went to Central Cadillac. Okay. <laughs> she didn't go to the mom and pop store. Um, but hey, y'all can go wherever you want to. I'm just, she just wants you to know that. And that was her faith work. Amen. But see, this is the thing. It's like God is not asking us to do it. We start thinking we have to do. God don't, you don't, he's not asking, he can do it. He's just asking you to believe it. Your faith will work on, that's what your faith does. Your faith brings it to pass. What, what God brings it to pass and he uses your faith. Amen. So he met her there. Don't ask me what transpired. I don't know. But she left with the car. Amen. So God is not at all. He's asking you to do is believe for it. Does that make sense? But see, when we start believing for something, we get on that bandwagon. Oh, my numbers are low. Oh, I got to do this. Because I used to live by them them numbers until something happened and and some people, uh, you know, put some charges on there charge me for for something that they shouldn't have and and they, they it worked against my numbers then my numbers weren't real they weren't bad but they weren't what they were and then God was showing me I was so upset about it and I kept calling and making them trying to make them get this right because I wanted my numbers to be where they were and God showed me something he said that <laughs> that number don't mean nothing I mean, it's good to have. Don't get me wrong. Don't be going around with shabby numbers. But he told me, and then uh, he had Waller prophesy to me that my credit was good in heaven. And so when he said that, I knew what that was all about because I was sitting up there and I had been mad about my numbers going down. And so because, you know, I worked so hard to get those numbers to look, you know, to look good on paper. And then he told me, he says, you know, your credit is good in heaven. When you go, you you go in faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's the point that I think God is trying to uh, get us to see today out of Ephesians 3.20. He does the work. All you do is believe. Uh, he's And see, you'll never have anything if you're trying to figure out how you're going to get it. Amen. You just have to trust God on it. And if God don't give it to you, it's because you don't need it. Because some people, they, they are greedy, you know, and you know what I'm saying. They don't, and they don't need it. So if I look at it like this. If I don't need it, God will tell me no. But he has told me, you can go and pick whatever you want. I just don't know what I want. Amen. But, you know, 
it, it's like that. And those numbers are good to have. Don't get me wrong. But God wants to do a miracle for you. And if he wants to do a miracle, he's going to do you a miracle with bad numbers. <laughs> or what else do we need? What do we need him for? You know, he's he's uh, exceedingly an abundant God. And we need him to show us who he is. But it's in us. In us, we we have to believe that power is works within us. So your faith works from that deutimous power that's on the inside of each and every one of us if you're born again. Amen. And God makes it happen. We don't make nothing happen, but God makes it happen. Mark 11:24. if you go there. Mark 11:24. And, you know, that's uh, Kenneth Hagen's favorite, 23 and 24. Oh, it would be nice if I turn there. That's his favorite uh, scripture. He got healed on Mark 11, 23 and 24. But it can also mean uh, other things, you know, not just healing. But let me get there. Mark 11, 23 and 24. And it says here, I'm going to read 24. It says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe. Believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Amen. You know, you can, you can, your faith can be exercised by saying, you know, saying it and believing it. Amen. And forgiveness works by faith too. Love works by faith, works by love. Everything works by faith. And faith works by love. Amen. Never talk defeat. Let's go back up in 23. It says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he, wait a minute, those things he says will be done. He can have whatsoever he says. So you got to believe. Belief is the key. But you don't have to do anything. All you got to do is believe that this thing can happen. And when you believe, it's just like getting a house. When we bought our first house, we had no money. No money at all. Because my husband had just gotten out of uh, Vietnam. And uh, he served eight or nine months in Texas at Fort Hood. And uh, I came home a little ahead of him and we was just going to get a house because Tony was, I was pregnant with Tony. And then after he was born, we had two babies in one crib in one bedroom. And so we needed to get a house and we needed a house quickly. So we thought it was going to be like two snaps in a, a circle. And it wasn't because, you know, you have to have your DD-214 that paper has to go through channels and it was it's just a lot of red tape and so we we were waiting and waiting and some of his papers were just not in order which we had no power over that and so we had gotten so far and then at the last minute um I just we just didn't want to wait because we had gone so far I thought we were going to get the house thought the papers would be processed any day so long story short, we just said, well, we'll just buy FHA. 
And so we did. They say no down payment, but you need something. And uh, we needed like a thousand dollars. And that was like needing five thousand at that time. But I just prayed and I said, Lord, I said, if you want us to have this house, I said, just make it happen. And he did. My husband got a raise at that time. And he had just gotten back from Vietnam, got a raise. And um, that money, he took it and we said, we're not going to touch it. And we took it to the real estate company. And we asked the people, could you hold on to this money and put it like in escrow for us? And I'm thinking, why didn't he tell me to keep it? I would have kept it, but he didn't trust me, and I'm glad he didn't because I would have thought of something else we needed, you know. But they put it in escrow for us, and they kept it. And one day they called, and this was like a month later. They called and said, would you please ask your husband to stop bringing us money? <laughs> we have enough and <laughs> for a down payment for a house in a month. And we were in that house, I think, after the month, then maybe like three weeks, and we signed the papers and we were in that house. We had no money. But God just told us what to do, and we did it. And he gave us the raise, and we had no idea we, my husband was going to get the raise. He hadn't been back to work for two months. He had been back to work, and he got a raise. And it was enough to set aside because he was taking it over there in $50 intervals. And then we cut back. I cut back on everything. And we were taking, he was just taking, he would go there and take the money before he came home from work. So I don't know, really know what he was giving. But I know they told me to ask him to quit bringing money. And so we were like a month and three weeks we were in that house with no money. Because God made it possible. And see, back then I was a Baptist, but I just, I didn't know much. But I knew that God would answer my prayer somehow and so it's just so good to trust god go just go believing god didn't ask us to do anything but believe amen we didn't know much about the word but we knew how to ask god for what we needed and it says if you believe when you ask if you believe that you got it you got it and really i think what encouraged us is we had gotten too far over into the process to turn back <laughs> so we knew something had to break. Something had to happen. And so God will take your faith however it comes. Amen. Hallelujah. So therefore I say to you, verse 24, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So all you need to do is believe it. Amen. God's not telling you to figure it out. Amen. He'll work all of those things out for you. Amen. Before you even leave the, the showroom, he's already worked out the numbers. He's already worked out, you know, the, uh, what's that thing that, the, that percentage that you get yeah, an interest rate? Cause he knows what you can afford. And so, you know, they come out, you know how those wheelers, they always want to try to get you. Uh, with the highest interest rate. Nope. Uh, 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 I don't want that. They go back in there and, and juggle the numbers again. And God will tell you when to say, okay. And that's, that's just how it's done. God is working for you. Amen. And so he wants you to have everything that you need. Amen. And he does the impossible. Amen. Now these things are impossible in the natural, but they're possible with God. 
you know and god is is the head he's head of everything and he gives you power to get wealth everything must come through god amen if you're gonna keep it now evil men get rich the natural way but you notice they never keep it look at all those millions jeffrey epstein has you know and now everybody's trying to cash in on them that that money was i mean it was from hell and it's going back to hell everybody's cashing in he has so many people every week there's a new team of people getting lawyers want some of that money it's just sad but you know you can't take away anything from a child of god amen your money is secured you know like a bank secure a loan god secures everything he gives you amen and the devil can't take it hallelujah so god is saying to he says don't consider your circumstances in other words consider not you must be a consider not so you're not going to look at how much money you have we had no money but we got that house we had no money and never missed the payment never missed one payment never we stayed there 16 years and 10 months and then sold the house never missed a payment I've been in my house 32 years. I've never missed a payment, ever missed a payment, never, ever. Now, it's been late a couple times, and that was still due to my stupidity, you know. But it's I have never missed a payment because God always makes sure that I have that money because he gave, he gave it to me. And so when he gives you something, the devil can't take it from you. He just can't. He just can't do it. Amen. Hallelujah. So the the scriptures tell us to believe that you receive them when you pray and you shall have them. And this simply means to trust God and consider not your circumstances. If you considered everything that's coming against you, you won't have anything. Amen. You will not have anything if you consider your circumstances. Amen. It's, It's like this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me my strength comes from above and god is my financier whatever you want to call him my banker man you know whatever you want to call him but you have to trust there's an element of trust that goes into everything that we do for god everything that god does for us amen so he's not telling us to make it happen but he can do exceedingly and abundantly i'm just reading from my notes above our capabilities it's impossible for us to make it happen anyway amen hallelujah so so this is this is what i was saying when i was just meditating on the word yesterday and last night because i didn't you know i just told the lord whatever you want me to preach on today i just jotted some things down because i'm not i'm not trying to give you something i i just want to give you some some things that we overlook that's natural things that we know but we tend to overlook in everyday living because we're so used to these things you know and it can be the hold up to your blessing amen so god is um let's see i wrote something down i wanted to say it's impossible this is what i wanted to say it's impossible in the natural but it's doable amen it's possible impossible in the natural 
But when you consider God and you believe him, it becomes doable. Whatever he has for you, you can do it. You can do it because of the dunamis power that resides on the inside of you. You have to make the laws of the kingdom work for you. It's all within you. Everything that you do is is coming from you. And and that's a big, it may seem like very simple. Hmm, that's not a message. That's a big message. Because I'm here today letting you know that you have the power on the inside of you to do all things. Amen. <laughs> Anything that you want, the power is in you to have it. It may look impossible in the natural, but it's doable. It can be done. Amen. How? Through that power that works in you. Believing. The power of believing. Amen. It's his power, but it's residing in you. Hallelujah. And it works through us. It works every, it works all things together. Amen. When you pray and you say, God, I don't know how this is going to work. You know what? I, I don't understand why we don't go to God. And I didn't either go to him for everything. Everything. I don't care how small or how big. Go to him for everything. The God of Ephesians 20 is bigger than you know, exceedingly. And think about those words. I looked up each word last night. I already know what they mean. But I I needed some type of key word to give me a mental understanding of how powerful God really is, that exceedingly and abundantly. And it's a, a, it's a, those are powerful words, amen. And it's, it's super abundant. I got super abundant out of there. Infinite. Amen. What other word did I get out of there? Uh, uh, the word purpose. Plan. All those words come out of who God is. Amen. And who you are. And if we could just remember that, it doesn't matter how much people plot against you. It doesn't matter what the enemy says about you it don't matter because you got the power of god working inside of you if we only could remember who we are in christ and what power resides in us and and that power you have to draw from it and that's what faith is it's drawing from the power that's within you amen hallelujah using your faith in its highest degree is drawing from the power that's in you that power that works in you christ in you the hope of glory hallelujah you know how long it took paul many years for paul to figure that out who christ was it, that was his whole mission in life is to find out who christ was in him and he he, re, he revealed that to us that in his writings that it was he was the hope and you know he had to partake of of his death his resurrection and his burial just to find out that he was in us and that's a big find amen and it's and so we just casually know it but do we draw from it do we work from it every day do we believe do we obey 
the scriptures and obey what God has told us to do. We forget about that. Amen. But it's important in the natural. It's important to know these things because things look impossible in the natural. But God says they're doable. Amen. God is not telling us to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. He just wants us to believe it. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Kings 4. God just wants to prove who he is to us. Amen. In other words, he's given us the resources. He just wants us to use them. Amen. Second Kings. Hallelujah. And we know the story. This is a story of uh, the the widow whose husband had died and left her with nothing. God never leaves us with nothing. He didn't leave her with nothing. Now, they were Christians because she kept calling, referring to her husband as devout. Let's see. Four. Let's see. Second Kings four. Sorry about that. Verse one, I'll start reading. It says a certain woman of the of the wives of the sons of the prophet. So her husband was a son of a prophet. And she cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. She kept referring to him as like, look, my husband was one of your people. He knew you. And so somebody helped me. This is what she was referring to, you know. He's the son of the prophet. He's one of your people. And so what are you going to do to help me? She says, and the creditor, wait a minute, my husband is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. That's her husband again, God-fearing man. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, well, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your man's, your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And so God didn't strip her. Listen, listen, God never strips you of everything, even in the worst situations. Situations can be really, really bad. Amen. But if you think back at your worst, your worst time or your worst situation when, I don't know, maybe when you had nothing or Things were really looking bad. You got up and you made it better because God left you something. He didn't strip you of everything. See, God always gives you a seed. Amen. We all have a seed. It's like the widow's might. God says she gave the most because it was her last, probably a penny or two. And so God will always give you something. He will never strip you of all of your resources. So this lady had oil. She didn't recognize what she had, and it's okay. Because this this prophet that was at her house said, what can I do for you? What you got? What do you have? What's in your hand? God always gives us something in our hand. Amen. And we can so easily overlook it because it's not what we want. Or the situation is not a good situation. And this is why we are taught, taught not to allow our circumstances to enter into our thinking. 
Amen. You don't suppose to let the situation around you influence your faith. Amen. And so she said, there's always some oil in there. Hallelujah. So then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. And do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour into into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. And so this prophet was giving her instructions from God. We must uh, obey the instructions that God gives us. Amen. But the instructions alone can't bring forth the miracle. When you obey instructions, you still have to perform them. Like that man at the pool of Bethesda. The, the, uh, Jesus told him, pick up your bed. Amen. First, I think he said, do you want to be healed? Or do you want to see you got to, in other words, your mentality, your thinking has to come in line with the word of God. There's a lot that transpires in the supernatural realm that causes impossible things to become possible in the natural realm. And so he asked him, you know, do you want to be healed or or whatever he asked him. And he was saying, I have no man to put me in the water. Amen. And so his mentality, his thinking was not right. Because he was in self-pity and he thought he needed another human being to put him in the waters. And he says, by the time I get in the pool, people have been healed already. Amen. And so this, this, you know, and Jesus just told him, pick up your bed. Arise. First he told him to arise. He said, arise. That was instruction number one. But the man had to move. Don't forget he couldn't walk. So a ride, rising up was a big thing for him. I'm just trying to get you to see that there's work that we have to do, but it's not a natural work because that was a supernatural thing that he did because he couldn't. He was he was crippled. So God said, arise. And he did. And he said, then he said, pick up your bed. And he did. So common sense, well, spiritual sense tells you if you can arise up and pick up your bed, you can walk. But he didn't know that because he had never walked before. Amen. And so following instructions is a must. But you have to get, and I'm just trying to say, you have to get your mental, your thinking right. You cannot pull off a miracle with God thinking wrong. You have to allow God to change how you think. And it don't take long. You see how quick he got it together? He said, arise, and he got up. Then he says, pick up your bed. And he picked the bed up. And he says, now walk. And so this is telling me that his his mental capacity or his mental, what word can I use? (laughs) Faculties had to come in line with the word. It had to come into agreement with God. So in other words, you can't think doubt and receive blessings. Your mind has to get changed. And the only thing that can change your mindset is the word of God. Amen. 
And so this woman didn't realize what she had in her house because her mindset was messed up. Her husband had died. The creditors was going to take her sons. She was so angry and just she wasn't seeing anything positive. And so she was in the negative in her thinking. Amen. And this is why the prophet said, well, what can I do for you? She couldn't think of nothing. Just mad. Well, you know, my husband was one of your people and and we're being treated like this. They're going to take my sons. And then he said he went a step further because God will do anything he need to do to get you over into the blessing realm. He says, well, what you got in the house? And she said nothing. Really, she said nothing. And then she said, oh, some oil. And so he said, go and borrow vessels from your neighbor. They must be empty vessels. An empty vessel is a believer that's been cleansed on the inside. Your heart has been cleansed. In other words, pride, arrogance, junk can't go down, can't get a blessing. Can't, well, I'll put it like this because God can bless anybody. He blessed sinners. Pride, arrogance, and all that stuff can't uh, produce the impossible. It just, it won't. You got to be cleansed in your heart. Amen. You need a heart cleansing and a mind change. And so that's what this, the, the, and then when he said close the door, I think he said, that means don't bring no naysayers up in here. All of those all of those neighbors that's asking you, going to ask you what you need those vessels for, don't tell them nothing and don't bring them home with you. Shut the door and lock it because I know they want to know what you're doing with all these vessels. And so don't, in other words, don't share what you and God is trying to accomplish with negative people. Keep them out of your life. Shut the door on them. You know, we went in, in many times, um, in the hospital, I've gone with different people, and we asked them to step out. Who went with me? Oh, I think that was Chuck went with me with Miss Deborah. Remember that? Um, Deborah's sister. Do you remember that? And she was laying there, and, you know, she was dying and making all these noises. And I, I told her, I said, anybody that does not believe in the, the power of the Holy Spirit, would you please step out? And it was a bunch of most of them stepped out. Do you remember that? That was Deborah's sister. She asked us to go. She was a professor. You know, Chef, you don't look like you remember. Yeah. Remember the one that said, remember the one that said the Holy Spirit then came up in here. Nola told me. Uh, remember she told Tony, yeah, the anointing is here. Yeah, her. Was she a truck driver? I didn't know. God's little acre, Chuck. Yeah, right. Well, it was her sister. Her oldest sister was a college professor, and she was sick, and she asked me to come and pray with her, and Chuck went with me. And when I got there, I asked everybody, it's not spirit-filled or not believing in in, uh, healing. Would you please step out? And I didn't think they were going to leave. I thought I was going to have to fist fight them. They left. And it was only left in there, me, Chuck, Deborah, and I think even her husband stepped out. And we prayed for that woman. She passed on because they called us at the last too late, and she was not a believer. 
and she was you know she was a church goer but she didn't she wasn't a believer you know she's just religious the her whole family was that way but anyway she seemed to be at peace after we laid hands on her and prayed for her but sometimes you just have to lock the door on people you know you have to because you're locking out their unbelief and so this is what this lady did uh, I know that was not a good, did you, did you ever remember that, Chuck? Did it come back to you? Yeah, yeah, it was her sister. And so, and then I did the same thing with your uncle. And his wife wasn't going to leave, but you know what? She backed up and sat in that chair and she didn't mumble, did she? She shut her mouth. You have to shut the door on unbelief. And so this is what this man was, this, uh, Elisha was telling this, this widow woman. You know, because he said after, I think he said, after your sons come in, shut the door. And that means shut out everybody that's not in this with us. Don't don't let them in here. Let's see if I can. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you. This is verse 4. And your sons, behind you and your sons, and pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, I'm in verse 5, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Amen. The oil ceased. You know what that's telling me? Back to the supernatural. The oil ceased when the vessel is full. When you're full of wrong stuff, full of yourself, full of pride, full of anger, full of negativity, the oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit don't work. So that's what this is. Since it's talking to you in two ways, spiritually and naturally. This natural situation, but it's also speaking to you in the spirit, spirit. And so when you are full of junk, the Holy Spirit don't work. Amen. When you are cleansed, when you re- when there's repentance and the Holy Spirit is alive in you and you're, you know, worshiping, you've repented and you're back on the right track with God, the Holy Spirit flows, the oil flows. Amen. And so that's spiritually, you know, you always, when you read something in the Bible, you always look for the spiritual meaning. Amen. I liked it. Amen. You like it too. Hallelujah. So the widow did not value what she had in the house, though that was her resource. And then I think he told her, go and sell everything. I thought I was finished. I'm not. Okay, where is that? Okay. There's not another vessel, so the oil ceased. And this also lets you know that the Lord can't work, do his work without a believer. Because there's no oil of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, so the work stops. Does that make sense, y'all? There is no work. The work ceases because there's no empty vessels that God can use to carry his anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 7, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. 
and you and your sons live on the rest. Hallelujah. Amen. Live off of, see, God always makes a way. Now, that was an impossible situation. But God made a way. He didn't ask her to make the way. He didn't ask her. She didn't know. She just said she didn't have nothing. And her husband was dead. She was angry, down and out, about to lose her sons. And so God never asked her to make it happen. He just told her to believe. Amen. Believe. Believe in your resources. God has given all. You know that scripture that says God has given good gifts to men. He, he has given every one of us a gift. Never downplay somebody else's gift. Where one person is strong in something, another person may not be. Churches become churches. When a group of believers come together for one common goal and everybody in the, the congregation has a gift or a strong point or talent that God has given them. And so when I, when Pastor Barb, uh, left with her husband and went to Detroit and left me in charge of the ministry, I didn't know anything about being in charge of anything except my house, my kids, my husband, my house, and our assets, which were very minimal. But I knew that much. And so I asked God, how do I get the work done and how do I make this work? And he said, let every person do what they do best. Whatever their gift is, let them do that. And that's what I did. I was good at doing florals, and that, so that's what I did. Chanel was good at doing it, so that's what she did. You know, and Nola, I told her one day, I don't know if you remember this, I said, you make a good secretary. You don't remember that, do you? I told you that many years ago. When we were in Cleveland, Pastor Bar was in Detroit, and I said, you would make a good secretary. And I never told Barb that, ever. And then the next thing I knew, uh, Barb was calling her secretary. But God had put had me put her in that position to do these things, make calls. You used to order stuff for the uh, rugs, whatever. I needed the phone, and she did that. And I just let people do what they did best. And I did that because I didn't know what else to do, not knowing that this is how God runs a church. Whatever somebody, whatever gift or talent he gives them, he allows them to use it. And as time go on, that gift gets stronger and stronger, and that position or that office gets wider and wider. And so, in other words, your duties may grow and get bigger and bigger, and you have this things added on to it. And so this is just, you know, how God does things in the church. So what I'm trying to say is he gives everybody something that they can do well. Never, ever believe or let anybody tell you that you can't do anything, because the Bible says you can do all things. Amen. But you uh, are gifted. God has gifted the church. This is what he does. This is how he runs the church. He runs it by people's gifts and abilities. Amen. Hallelujah. I thought that was important. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Amen. So in Second Kings 4.1, God is talking about two different things. He's talking about the spiritual side of things, and he's talking about the natural side of things. But one thing you cannot do, you got to get up. I mean, you cannot allow circumstances to stop you. You must get up like the man at the pool of Bethesda. He had to get up. You must get up and make the first move. When God see you making the first move, he does the rest. Amen. But you have to make a decision. Don't you know this man had to make a decision to rise? And it didn't take long. It was momentarily. The minute he heard Jesus say rise, he knew he could do it. And he got up, picked up his bed. So he made a decision. Amen. Hallelujah. And somebody got healed. Use the resources that God has given you in spite of your health, in spite of what God has, in spite of what the devil has said about you. Get up and do. You don't ever get up. You don't ever wait until you, you know, the you get the manifestation. You keep moving, and the and your body gets stronger and stronger. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how Dodie got healed of cancer. She was holding on to the tables, to the chairs, but she was determined. It took her all day. Her family ate at eight o'clock at night. That when she first got out the bed and de- decided she wasn't going to die. See, that idea came into her. She had to have a mind change. She made a decision. I'm not going to die. I met this guy. He worked for the water company. And I was dealing with them, not for myself, for something else. And something just made me think I was supposed to minister to her, but he ministered to him, but he ministered to me. And. God already had that whole conversation uh, mapped out. And he told me, I started talking about how good God was, and I told him it's a beautiful day to be alive. And he said, talking about being alive. And then he told me that he had had cancer three years ago, and he was on his deathbed. Young guy, I think he was 32, and he was, uh, you know, a young guy, and, He said he was on his deathbed, and he said, I said, wow. I said, well, did you go to, you know, like a healing ministry or a church or what happened? He said he looked at his daughter. He had a two-year-old daughter, and she would come up to him and play with his face and his nose because he was bedridden. And he said, I looked at her, and I looked at my wife. He said, and I made a decision. See, you can learn from people if you listen. He said, I made a decision that I was not going to die, and I had to fight for my healing. He said, and my daughter and my wife was worth the fight. And I said, wow, I said, God healed you. He said it was a tough road because he had to do chemo and all of that stuff. After they told him it wasn't working, he said, but he finished the key. He said, I want to keep taking it. And he said he, could, he couldn't do anything for himself. He refused to stay in the hospital. He came home, and they started listening to healing tapes. And I couldn't, I wanted to say, who you listen to, you know, but the way he, I didn't want to stop him because he was on a roll. 
And he said, and, and, and I just kept listening to him. He said it was mostly me just meditating. And so I, the Lord showed me his mind was getting strong and it was coming out of the negative into the positive things. And he said, and I just kept on going. He says, and sometimes she would turn the Christian TV on and sit at the TV there and sit me in front of the TV. He says, and every day, he said, I just talked to the Lord and I got stronger and stronger. And I said, so did you get test after where he said that cancer was gone? And I just looked at him. I wanted to cry, but I didn't. And I just looked at him. I said, now here he is talking to me. And I thought I was supposed to talk to him, you know. But see, God, you, you, we don't know more than God. And there's some people out there that's been through some stuff. He said they, they didn't give him much hope after his chemo and all of this. He said, but he made a decision and I will never forget that. He made, just like this man made a decision to get up, pick up his bed, because he couldn't walk. But this tells me that when you make a conscious decision in your mind that God is with you, you know who you are, and you know that the power of God reside in you, you can have whatsoever you say. Whatever God is saying you can have, you can have it. But there must something got to click on the inside of your head. And he said he just talked to God all the time until this he got stronger and stronger and stronger, better and better. And so when he, he said he, he would get up and start going to cut the grass, doing things like that. And I said, I won't say, well, when did you go back to the doctor? You know, because I just wanted to know. And he says, I finally went back because they said I was I was going to go downhill. And he said he walked in the doctor's office and said, hey, doc. And they looked at him and he says, won't you take some some tests and see how I'm doing? And, the, and he did take tests and he just said the test got better and better. So it must not have been clear the first time, but it got better and better. And so God is always showing we need to stop and, and just listen to God. Because even though we know a lot, there's still a lot to learn. Amen. And so I just enjoyed that. He he lifted my day, and I just looked at him. I said, wow. I said, you you made my day. And he said, yeah. He says, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to get this water turned on. He clicked clicked back over into the natural. Like, lady, please. I got a job to do. This this valve is not turning. And it didn't turn. I had to keep making appointments to go back. But I was there to hear that. And and he, and he said, you encourage me. So we were there to encourage each other, you know. But anyway, it's fascinating what God does. And see, that, that guy, he needs to go out and just tell his testimony. But he was willingly, he told me. He started talking. I brought God up, and he finished it. I started it. He finished it. Amen. So your seed will grow and increase and multiply before your very eyes when you when you depend on God. That exceedingly and abundantly thing that God is about in Ephesians 3.20, it, your seed causes that to happen, the seed that's on the inside of you. And it will grow, multiply, 
and become whatever it is that you want it to become. Hallelujah. And then I wrote, we all need to practice being empty vessels for Christ. Amen. Not full of junk. So that so, so that the oil increases and not cease. Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, don't try to get off the potter's wheel. Continue to pro- let the process happen. Yeah, it hurt. I mean, I'm telling you, the process can be rough. But you have to hang in there. And don't quit. Because, you know, you can get off that potter's wheel whenever you want to. Incomplete. Still got some junk. Because you won't want to do this no more. But I'm telling you, it's worth it to stay on the wheel. Hallelujah. Because God does a complete and thorough work in all of us. And then then there comes the new thing. You know, Isaiah 54. I think it's at 43. 19 and it says behold i do a new thing you can't get to the new thing until you get the junk out you can't get up off the wheel go back and jump back on it let god finish the good work he started in you amen hallelujah get a plan and a strategy from god through deeper relationship and that's really all this is about when you're going through a process when things are not the way you want or you're going through a little something Really, all God is doing is drawing you closer to him. Amen. And we're trying to get off the wheel. You know, uh-uh, no, I don't like this. Amen. But he's just getting his plan and his purpose for your life. He's setting that in order so you can do exploits in his name. Junk free. Amen. Renewed mind. So you can carry out. His plan and his purpose in your life. But we we have to go through tests. I don't like them. And, they, and they're meant to reduce you. <laughs> I mean, they can pull you. They can reduce you. Amen. If you know what I'm saying. Amen. But it's all for the glory of God. And it's for his glory. It's for his glory that he allow these things to happen. Amen. But it's all within you, the power that works in you. This is where it comes from. But you must believe what God has said about you. It all starts from a renewed mind and a closer relationship with God. And it causes you to believe you receive when you pray. That's why we don't get what we pray for. We're not believing it. Amen. Because we don't realize the power that's in us, that dunamis power that God has, has, uh, that resides on the inside of us. We need to work from there. I wish I had done that from day one instead of trying to figure it out. Amen. But God is not using physical strength. He's not using intelligence, but he's using the power of believing and knowing and knowing the power of knowing who you are in him and that's what makes impossible things doable it's impossible with man it's possible with god but it's doable god can use you to get anything done amen hallelujah the power but the power is within us to believe it 
So in other words, he's put given us the power to believe it. Not only did he give us that power, but he's given us power to believe it. He's given us uh, authority where we can take authority over unbelief and say, you know what, God, I'm going to believe this. I was looking at um, one of these videos from Kenneth Hagen just from this year, 2019. And this lady, most of the people that came up there to give their testimony, most of them said, I said that I was going to come to this meeting and receive today. They they received it off of what they said, and they said according to what they believe. Because you going you what you say is what what's in here. And they and most of them I see that had a real testimony, and had a real you know nothing. Some of them just want to come up there. You know how it is with small things. Although the small testimonies are good too, but. I noticed something about all those people that came up there. They said, I said, so in other words, they said in here that I'm going to receive today. And that's what they did. And they had been, this, this is my third conference, and I said I wasn't coming back to no more, you know, that this was the one. And so that faith has to rise up inside of you. And I like what Kenneth Hagen says in his teachings. He says, he says, uh, this tape says, what, what do I do when I don't get my healing right away? What do I do? And he says, you keep believing. He said, it will surely come. This is when God is trying to change something up here. And so you have to allow God to change how you think. And this is why that woman, that widow, says she didn't have nothing. And then she said, oh, yeah, a little bit of a little oil. And so, you know, but she thought she had nothing because she didn't realize the resources that God had given her. And so we have to, because she was thinking out of a negative mindset. But God wants to, to encourage us, encourage us in our thinking, encourage us. But I'm telling you today that you can do all things through Christ, not because the scripture says that, but because the power to get these things done is inside of you. But we need to realize that that power exists, and it's on the inside of us. Amen? Why? Because God has made us invincible. He knows that anything that he's already told you you can have, it will happen. Amen? It will happen because the power is in you, and you must draw from that power by faith. Amen? All right, so I'm going to stop. Father, we do thank you for your word. Amen. Thank you for your word. We praise you, Lord, and we lift you up today. We bless you. And, Father, we thank you for the gifts and the talents and everything that you've given us. Father, we thank you for those things that you put on the inside of us that we don't even know about, Lord. But you are unveiling these things to us. And we thank you by the power of the word of God. We thank you so much for what you are doing in this hour. And we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.